I love it. All right, folks, thanks for joining us on Ramble with Intense. Today, we've got Steph Taylor here. You can find her on Instagram at spruce.acres.homestead. And Steph is here to work with empowering and thereby the next generation with old-fashioned skills to provide their families uh, time, money, and getting them back to being present within their family structure to teach them how to create their own resiliency within their home. We'll let Steph uh, refine that a little bit further. So welcome, Steph. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you. I'm so thankful you could join us today. Uh, and let's let's go. Tell us your story and please refine my intro if I stumbled a little bit. Okay. Well, I'm Steph Taylor. I am from um, Manitoba, just outside Winnipeg. I'm a mom of two young kids, single. Uh, My story starts a really long time ago uh, when I started navigating some health challenges for me and my partner or my ex um, and learn more about the pharmaceutical industry. I ended up being put on medication that landed me in the hospital. And I found out years later from a class action lawsuit commercial on the TV that it was actually a failed chemotherapy drug that was rebranded and relabeled for teenagers with acne. Uh, and that sort of started a long journey of healing myself uh, and learning more about, you know, what's in our food system, what's in our products. I started trying to grow food and getting really, really frustrated and overwhelmed by, you know, what can I actually buy in the grocery store? How do I, you know, grow food because I keep killing all these plants, you know, spending money on organic is so expensive. And then how to even going to farmers markets like how do i know if they're really doing it and that's super expensive so it was just this journey of learning more of how to do it myself and screwing it up along the way until a couple of years ago when my marriage ended and mandates had my job taken from me at the same time oh, and i then became a single mom of two kids with no income that had to figure it out. And I had been following the nudges this whole time of getting prepared, learning these skills that our great grandparents knew that, you know, in the last generation or two, we don't know how to do them anymore. And in less than 18 months, I had gone from killing everything, (laughs) trying to grow it for 10 plus years to actually growing enough food to feed my family for a year, being able to not have to rely on the grocery store. So I didn't go to the grocery store after, um, we separated for 10 months, I think it was. And then spending the following year, spending less than $2,000 at the grocery store this year, I'm probably on track to do about $1,500 at the grocery store. Amazing. Um, And yeah, I just got myself out of a number of systems and I actually don't grow most of my food now. Oh, so it's kind of done a complete 180 of just what I have learned and how you can actually do this, even if you're in an apartment and don't have access to land, it's really 
rebuilding the skills that our great grandmothers had that used to be passed down from generation to generation. And it allows women to actually be present in their home and their families and doing the things that we actually feel called to do because we're not supposed to be in like this corporate masculine. Yeah. Leave the home nine to five. Mm-hmm. They'll not shut off when you get home kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you the million dollar question that like a homeschooler always gets asked is if you had to work, would you still be homeschooling? So do you still have a job as well with the homesteading aspect? No, you don't. Okay. No. So, so would you still do this version of homesteading if you were holding down a job as well? part-time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It actually doesn't take me very much time at all. Now that you've learned and refined all those skills, it's, it's actually far more simple than what any of us perceive it to be. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Good. That's awesome. And you know what? You answered my one question I was going to ask you because I saw, was it month eight? You had spent only 640 some dollars um, in the grocery store. And I was going to ask you, like, where are you at now? We're at month 10. As a grocery store kid, so my parents owned a small a small town grocery store in Alberta when I was growing up. Kind of hurts. But at the same time, my grandparents grew everything. They had their own gardens. My Hungarian grandma preserved as much as she could. Um, my entire theory for like all these bad diets show up every so often. I used to work in the fitness industry and everybody would ask, you know, what should I be eating? And I'm like, eat the way your grandparents ate. They cooked at home. They brought food from home for their lunches. Like that's how we're supposed to be eating. And if your grandparents ate bad, then look back to when you your great, great grandparents and learn from them. So I love this, that you're kind of bringing great grandma back into the house, which is amazing because we haven't really had that matriarch uh, type concept for, for a couple generations now. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens as we ex- grow further and, and will great grandma live in the house or on that homestead with us moving forward. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you said you kind of, you struggled, there was a lot of learning, um, <clears throat> What's your biggest struggle that you had? Growing plants. <laughs> yeah. Like just general plants or edible plants? Oh, I can't not keep a house plant alive at all to save my life. Like not even today. So then to grow stuff outdoors is a whole other ball game as well. I a hundred percent kill plants. I plant a row just to kill it. It is my MO Um, that has been the hardest hurdle to overcome, especially because I don't want to be like, I love, you know, I love doing, being in the garden, being in nature, weeding. It's very, you know, therapeutic and everything. But as a mom, like a single mom with two young kids, I can't be in there all the time. So it is survival of the fittest for sure. (laughs) Uh, and trying to figure out how to do that was the biggest hurdle, how to actually get the end result I wanted while still allowing like just the natural me of, I can't spend all my time doing this. And you have to be able to grow without me babying you. (laughs) Um, 
definitely has been the hardest struggle. Today's ramble is brought to you by the Monetize Your Mind business community. You deserve to have more money in your life and it's time to trust yourself. And trust me, this is more than just a community. There is a university level business marketing, self-help, whatever, all encompassing entrepreneurial focused course inside this community. And then there is the, just the gift and expansive knowledge and connection of the community within. So if you're an entrepreneur, desiring entrepreneur, you're seeking better growth, you're wanting to be able to build something that is your own, that you can control, I suggest you go and check out Monetize Your Mind. The links are in the show notes. All right, we're back. Um, So growing plants, yeah, anything with a flower, I kill it. It's, I think the only thing that grows with the flower is the chives. And actually it was your recipe that I took for um, the chai flower, chai blossom vinegar. And it is, oh my gosh, it's delicious. It's amazing. Yeah. So addictive. Oh my gosh. My kids drink it by the shot glass. Oh really? Wow. Oh yeah. My kid's not there. My kid loves onions, but not the chai flower vinegar. However, it's great on pasta. Oh yeah. And I love that. So it's like, instead of having to always go to the, um, spaghetti sauce option, you get that option instead. So it's, it's quite refreshing. So thank you for that recipe. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, currently in your business, how do you, um, how do you provide your services to other people? Oh, so I have a self-paced program. It's called the basics. Yeah. So People, I get on calls with them. We kind of figure out what their struggles are, where they want to go. And then they jump into the basics and come up with their own custom strategy of how to get where they want to go in a very simple way. So it takes out that, where do I start? What do I do? And then actually gives you the step by step by step in a very like, mom to mom way where it's, you know, got to get the next step before the kids, you know, get their fingers under the door as you're trying to go pee and like watch a video or something. Yeah. Um, And then we, we have amazing biweekly support calls where you get your community there, you get to overcome any hurdles. I uh, definitely push at some trauma wounds that might be holding you back from some things or beliefs that you might have. It's a really fun experience that allows things to be simple and get you back into your home and like just living, just enjoying life by learning these skills in a simple, simple way. Dogs. (laughs) I feel like I totally didn't even explain that very well. No, you did really well. I really enjoyed that. Bear with me again. Stop it. It's just a dear head. So... This, this is so raw. This is going to be the most raw and like crazy podcast because we have dogs barking in the background and she's literally barking at my husband's dear head. And, that's <laughs> it. and it's like, whatever, I won't edit it because I think that's life too, right? Like life is messy. And sometimes yes. we have these interruptions. And I think it's important that people see that and realize we're not all polished and perfect all the time. And gardening is totally that too, right? That's a big thing in my program too, is I, I tell everybody, you know, let life happen. 
let life happen because you're supposed to be here living it. It's not like, I don't want you to go through the program and just put such pressure on yourself. Like, no, the whole point is to take the pressure off. It's actually to do less rather than to do more. And so I have this whole calendar in there where they're able to, you know, if they want to take the summer off to like go enjoy their family or whatnot, come back in August or September or October, go to the calendar. What do I need to focus on now to still get to where I want to go? Kids get sick. Like somebody dies. It doesn't matter. You just don't feel like it. Enjoy that part of life. That's what you're supposed to do. So permission granted to just be. Yeah. Um, gosh, the permission just to mess up, right? It's oh, so funny. Yeah. Like we've only done this once. So we're going to make mistakes, right? And gardening, like, so I've gardened, I've turned um little like, I don't know, condo backyards into a garden. Um, I've turned, oh my gosh, we moved to an acreage and it was an old dog run. And so I started, I was unemployed conveniently during this time that we moved and, uh, I started hand digging our garden and then it was like boulder and sandstone shelf and rocks and like river pebbles and everything. And it was ridiculous. <laughs> Pardon me. Cause it was so much work. Um, and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, is this how my grandparents did this to make, to like cut their own land, let alone a small, tiny garden plot in the backyard versus like a great big field where maybe it was an acre back then, but hand dug, hand created. And it's just, you, you have a totally different sense of respect for those generations prior to you before machinery came in. And even before they you know, decided to use animals to your advantage. Mm -hmm. And then my yep. husband took pity on me and got the machinery out to help for that one. But it was <laughs> like, I dug half that garden by hand. So that half is like all love. <laughs> right. I do everything by hand. It's me and a pitchfork. That's, yep. that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a testament to our stubbornness too, probably where it's like, I won't ask for help. I can do this on my own. It's fine. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Leave me alone. But um, I mean, heck, it was a really good fitness program. So it worked out well that way. And that's Absolutely. the thing too. Like, I think people forget that not just gardening, but that homesteading, that working with the land, working with the animals, uh, craft work, handiwork, arts, music, baking, making, creating, they're all meditative. They're all connective. And they all have this really huge therapeutic component. And you mentioned like pulling some people's former traumas out. And I feel like, and this is my own opinion, I have nothing to back it up. Um, but I feel like the way that we have gone into this industrialized, make everything easier for humans type situation is that, yeah, we're seeing all of these traumas or these unresolved emotional blockages or issues because nobody knows or is encouraged to work with their hands in the same capacity that they were even 30 years ago. It's it, you see it now. And I mean, so as a, as a mom of your kids, how do you pass this on to your children? Oh, wow. <laughs> they are definitely involved. I, I, 
have loved having them in the kitchen from a very, very young age, which is also very helpful because if they tell me that they don't like what's served for supper, then it's their responsibility to go make themselves something else. And it has to fit the qualifications that I give them. And they're also capable of doing that. So they, they see it. They are part of the hard work. They understand the value that, you know, you can't just go to, um, you know, eat all the granola bars that are in the pantry, because guess what? You're going to have to make your own granola bars. So you see what goes into it. And they're also outside. They, their brains, like the creativity that ends up happening Mm -hmm. to fix something, the MacGyvering of things, the, um, you know, talking about therapy and just being in that whole connected space, creativity, everything, we end up having incredible conversations. Cause like my kids are going through a lot right now with um, the separation divorce stuff. So being able to kind of talk through that and work through the emotions by doing the physical labor. Mm -hmm. And it's not as hard as it was back with grandparents and great grandparents and stuff. So even though I utilize it to like, they utilize it to survive. Yeah. Like, they yeah, really didn't have much of a choice. Yeah. Whereas I have more of a choice, but I also, it, it is just that. And that's what I love about how I figured out how to do this. It gives you back the choice. Mm. Do you want to buy some things at the grocery store? Do you want to make them yourself? Do you want to, you know, have go to the pharmacy or the doctor for these things? Or do you want the home remedies for yourself and like learning how to make the natural medicines? Like it gives you the choice, which then eases your life and increases your confidence and control over things. Yeah. That, and how powerful is that word choice, Mm -hmm. right? Being able to choose and having that autonomy to make that choice is it's so powerful as a human. And I think we forget that sometimes. And it's, yeah, it's as simple as do I want garden carrots or do I want grocery store carrots? Yeah. And garden and carrots. Are, this week the, it's grocery store. Next week it's garden. Like who cares? Exactly. Rotate through whatever works best, whatever is the easiest for you to deal with at this moment in time. Cause let's face it, <clears throat> momming in particular Single parenting, I'll put single parenting because I mean, there's dads where they, they're mom and dad too. Um, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And there's days where you just, you know what? I am so tired. I'm not digging those carrots up. Right. Yep. And it's, but it's being able to know that you can't, you don't have to fault yourself because you chose to get the grocery store bag instead. Or, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, there's definitely products like apples. Do you grow your own apples? Yeah, I've got an apple tree. Oh, oh never mind. Okay. <laughs> so, so what all do you have? <laughs> Not much, actually. It's really funny. People sometimes they're like, I feel like you have a cow and stuff. I'm like, dude, I've I've actually had recently this year, someone I met on Instagram in January actually was traveling through and stopped at my house. And her and her husband and her kid were like they wanted to see the garden and everything. And so we walked through the garden and they're just looking at me being like, wow, you weren't lying when you're like, you keep it so simple and it doesn't take you a lot of work and you really didn't grow anything this year. And it's, and they were also, you know, 
well, how much time does it take you to do these things? It's like, well, it doesn't take me time. Not, I'm not in the kitchen all the time. I'm not in the garden all the time. I actually am living life. Yeah. And that's part of the choice and convenience. Mm-hmm. I feel like people spend more time seeking the convenience of society. Oh yeah. So he's learning the skills that give you the control, the choice, and a stupid amount of convenience. Yeah. Yeah. How convenient is it to walk out your back door to your garden and go grocery shopping right there, especially when it's in season. However, we leave our carrots in, like I'll leave them in the ground until until they're gone. So we might be digging them in December, January, but yeah. they're they're still delicious and they're still edible and that's the best place to keep them. So it's it, it, it the things we forget, right? We think because we're so programmed and grocery store kid, we're so programmed that things have to be packaged and stored and come off a shelf. And that's not the case. <laughs> and being available at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will counter because I do remember specifically like the time when my parents had the grocery store, it was like from the early eighties into mid, like early two thousands. And so that early eighties, nineties, you still understood the seasonality of the fruits and vegetables. So, I mean, the only apples that were ever always available was like Macintosh. And when you got a different type of apple in, it was an exciting moment or, um, peppers, peppers were a seasonal thing and berries and they weren't always just ever present. And so I think as a consumer, you also had that excitement of like, we get to bring something new home, right? Yeah. So you understood that all of everything we eat has a seasonality and geographically too, like going back to my fitness world, um, when you're eating, you eat for your geography. So this is the time of year where we start eating our squashes and our heavier foods and our more comfort stews and, and chilies. Oh, pardon me. <clears throat> because they provide the nourishment within the season that is changing because that's when they're ripe. So we eat to the ripeness of what's growing through the season. Um, but then through the winter, how do you combat some stuff through the winter? Do you have like in in-house growing boxes or no, nothing? Did you no. at one point? No, actually, oh, I haven't. I mean, I've attempted it, but not I kill plants indoors and out. <laughs> so <laughs> it does not work for me. And that's okay. I've figured out other ways. So there's different types of preserving I do. Yeah. Um, I end up having garden fresh tomatoes all the way till February. February, I think, is the longest I've been able to get them. Wow. Um, like so there's other, still from other sources? <laughs> no, just from the garden. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just ones that I've grown, yeah. um, they're able to last that long. Wow. And uh yeah, so just different ways of preserving food. Uh, and then eating like Little House on the Prairie is I love it. So they had long, harsh winters. It's not like they were growing spinach indoors. They weren't. So I kind of look at it that way too, is they were still eating berries. They were still eating different foods. It's just in the way 
it wasn't always absolutely fresh. The stuff that they had fresh was the stuff like the root vegetables that they could keep in order to continue to eat it until spring came around. And then they were outside foraging all of those amazing high dense nutrient foods that we completely forget about that then give us the energy to move into the next season. Yeah. Amazing. So uh, let's talk about preserving. What's your favorite way of preserving? Oh, pressure canning. Hands down. Okay. (laughs) So everybody's terrified of pressure canning. Um, I don't have a pressure canner. I don't think I'm terrified of it. I just don't have it. So I don't do it. Um, But let's talk us through pressure canning a little bit. Okay. So number one is it is completely normal to be afraid of pressure canning. Okay. (laughs) Hands down, completely normal to get a pressure canner and then let it sit and collect dust for like five, 10 years before you actually take it out. That is my story. (laughs) I was given one. (laughs) I did not take it out. I was too afraid. Uh, It is a really, really fun, but also terrifying thing to do because there are um, different scientific that you kind of need to know about it in order to understand not only how to use it, but how to do it safely uh, in terms of the quality of the the food being preserved. Mm-hmm. But it is the most amazing thing for moms because it is instant meals. Yeah, It is literally, you are pulling a meal off of the shelf, popping it open, heating it up in a pan or a pot, and it is done. And it's literally like, it is completely done. So including meats. Sorry. So essentially pressure canning is what we know as like Chunky's chili on the, on the, in the can off the shelf today. Yeah. Okay. So water bath canning is what most people do. That's where they make their jams, their jellies, their salsas, their pickles, Yeah. which is a great skill to have, but it is not the skill that is going to feed your family all year round. Yeah. It's like, you can't live off of jam. Yeah. <laughs> you need the stews. You need the vegetables. You Why need the meat. You live off of jam. I know. I know right? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. It's one. Well, I mean, there was a stage. I can't remember when it was between 2020 and and now and we had just moved to our acreage so i think i was kind of like new acreage owner concerned as well oh and they were forecasting like a really terrible winter so i was like okay how are we going to make sure that we have other options beside our freezer food because if we lose power then our freezer food like it could last up to probably a month if we maintained it well enough and kept like managed the temperature um but (laughs) we would lose a lot too so it's like how can i make sure that we have high impact vegetable options and other things that are shelf stable and can um can basically ride us through what might be a a week a two week or longer power outage heaven forbid didn't happen thankfully um and the only thing i was confident in doing was water bathing my soups, soups, soup broths. And so I have those canned and then uh, dehydrating all of the green tops of my garden products. So beet tops, Swiss char, lettuces, and turning that into powder. I'm like, if nothing else, we have potassium based green powder. 
So we're good. <laughs> so yeah, that's the extent of my preservation truly is the water bath or actually I was taught, um, like the, the first generation of grandparents for me, I was taught the oven trick. So we put it in the oh, jar yeah. hot, put the lid on lids, not super tight, but it's closed. And then you put it in the oven for at 200, 250 degrees for an hour, shut it off and let it cool itself down. And it, for the most part, like nine times out of 10, all the jars seal and you're good to go. Uh, those are the the three methods I have <laughs> for preserving my food. Um, so how do you teach people to not fear that pressure canning? Well, this is such a good question. I love, number one, I love all the things that you said. (laughs) Um, So in in the basics, there is an entire module on preserving the different, uh, a number of different methods that our great grandparents used and really how to build, how to strategically build that safety net. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, it is like the power can definitely go out. And then what the heck do you do? Yeah. How do you make things more shelf stable? How do you like, how long are you doing it for how to create the long-term pantry so that you can survive? If anything, like the apocalypse happens, happens, but in reality it's, well, then you don't have to rely on the grocery store and you can actually cut your costs. So we look at it, we set it out in a different way that works, whether you're in an apartment or on an acreage, it doesn't matter. You determine it. So there's step-by-step for that. And then um, all the canning stuff, we go through those older methods that people knew and people are still doing in different countries. And we go through the science behind it. We go through the, um, the, the pros and the cons, like the recommendations versus the absolute don't do this. Your food is not safe type of thing, because not only have, has like, the science been developed, but there's also the materials. So the jars are different, the lids are different, and they require different methods where like the oven method no longer works for the jars or the lids that end up being used, right? Like, so it's different things like this that you don't even realize. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the actual preserving, there's step by step by step. So it is literally the how-to along with the confidence that what you're doing is the right, safe thing to do without it being absolutely fearful. Like I am very much a picture person. So you know the why, like you understand That's great. versus what you're doing is completely wrong and blah, blah, blah. Like <laughs> eat anything Watching that anybody gives you. Type of thing. <laughs> right? Like exactly. So in terms of pressure canning, like you walk through, I have a step-by-step and you know what your strategy is as far as like what you're actually preserving using that method, how much you're actually preserving. Um, how do you then utilize it to get away from the grocery store? Again, not only the apocalypse or the power going out, but reducing your reliance on that system. So you're not supporting a big agriculture instead you're actually bringing that money and that support back to your home or back to your local community mm-hmm. which is what most of us actually want yes. it's just how do we stop that reliance yeah we go you know, through all of that and that's just one that's, that's just one, one module <laughs> one module out of how many um there are 8 right now and there's about to be a ninth 
oh, wow. Okay. That's amazing. Well, when you're saying all this, I'm thinking, man, this could even be done for where like our grocery stores sometimes have like giant blowout sales, right? Like, um, I don't know, flat sales for different vegetables or, uh, super cheap meat for some reason. Usually it was like they ordered and made a big mistake and they needed to get rid of it. But it, if you're armed with that knowledge, then you can actually go and purchase your products at far less and even farmer's market type products, but know that now you know how to preserve it. So then you are extending it through to, I mean, it could be 24 months later even, right? So um, it's, yeah, it's you're not needing the garden. You're not needing the cow. You're not needing all of those like components that right now we're so tangible and thinkers that we need the physical thing, but it's knowing how to take the the discounted thing and turning it into what will provide for us down the line as well. And, and having that confidence to do that. Exactly. These skills that our great grandparents had, yeah. even when you're storing food and it starts to turn, like you think of milk. Yeah you know, raw milk, it starts to curdle. Okay. What do I do with that? Like great grandma knew the different stages of milk, what to do with it versus just throwing it out to the pigs. Yeah. So you, you learn these simple things and it's the mindset shift too, of how to look at things differently. Like we go through so much of that and it's, it's really fun to watch students or like, I'll get messages back when they start to dive into it. Like even just the pre-work stuff. And they're like, holy crap, I actually see it. I never thought that, like, I thought that you were just blowing smoke up my butt type of yeah. thing. I didn't like, I wanted it, but I didn't realize. And now I see it and I get it. And in three months they come back to me. They're like, I have done all of these things and I've fitted in time-wise without feeling overwhelmed at all. I feel no stress. I actually feel better and I've had more time. And like, it's just really, really neat to see that shift just by going back to the knowledge and the abilities that great grandma had. Yeah. Then that's so cool. And like milk preservation, I have no idea. We grew up on cow's milk, but I don't think it ever lasted. So there was no step beyond like it, we, <laughs> we devoured it and the cream went to desserts or the cats or whatever but the the cow's milk was the treat and it was delicious and I mean now if I went back to it I'd probably kind of turn my nose a little bit because I know it has a different pungent taste but I remember as a kid I don't think it ever lasted in the fridge because we spent more time at that dairy farmer's house getting the, <laughs> getting the milk than anything else. So it was, and that was like, yeah, experiencing as a child, even that close knit community of, I have this service for you. We bailed hay. So we provided hay for them. So like, it was a bit of a barter trade system, I'm sure as well. Um, And that was during the eighties when like, you know, everything crashed. And so it was a great not knowing because I was like three, four, five, right? So I didn't understand it. But now looking back, I realized what was happening with my parents and them making things work and and having those relationships with the people around them. And you mentioned bringing everything back into our communities. And that's so powerful because also when you have that community connection, all of a sudden, maybe you did run out of food or everything spoiled for some reason on your shelf. Now you have these other resources of people that are like, oh, I have extra 
um, jars of tomato sauce, you can have them or like they're just more willing to help the person rather than in communities where we are unwilling to help the stranger. Exactly. And right now, well, it has been for a long time, but especially these days where we're all so disconnected and distrustful of people, it's how do you find that? How do you actually rebuild connection with people? That is a big struggle for most of us. And one of the top questions I get with people joining the program Um, And we go into that, like we really focus on tapping into your community and how to actually do that to build those relationships. So again, you have that confidence, you have that security, you have that choice, you have that freedom, you have less stress, all of it, all of it, you can actually feel joy because your needs are covered, your basic needs are covered and you don't have to worry if shit hits the fan. And that's so amazing. And like, Can you just imagine, I mean, you're experiencing it, but can you imagine if like even 25% of our population was able to just be like, nah, I'm good. I'm covered. I've got, you know, Joe and Sally and Tim and and Margo across there down the road or across the street and we've got each other's backs. We're good. Like how powerful would that be just to, I mean, especially right now, because we're seeing like an insane rise in food costs. And I know like there's a, there's a horrific sense of pride that holds people back from utilizing the, some of the resources that are available to help if you can't um, access food or can't purchase the food when, when you need to. Um, and so in a sense that kind of takes that pride away because it's a community-based thing instead. And it's, it's now a connection out of love rather than out of need. Um And that like, then it allows those people who haven't built that connection to be able to go and use that service. And so then it spreads the the resources further, truly. And I mean, in the end, yeah, it's, it's all a matter of just really and truly if people, and I'm sure you teach this too, is that if people just understand that what they're doing in terms of growing, raising, preserving, whatever it is that they choose as their method, um, they are also arming themselves a little bit against that inflation that's showing up. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty impactful as well, because then that money can go into different area, paying the $200 carbon tax that shows up on your electrical bill instead, right? Right. That's when I looked at, okay, I spent just under $2,000 last year and inflation has gone up and now I'm set to spend $1,500 if that Yeah. So that's a massive difference. And in terms of the community and the connection, I'm, I mean, I'm three, about three years into implementing these strategies that I teach. Mm -hmm. So I'm like just a little bit of a step ahead. And it's, it has been really, really cool to see that ripple effect of, of accessing your community. And it's in you're getting back to being of service to people. So you are also providing something and you're receiving something. And so it it is a healing aspect of I'm safe, I'm loved, I'm whole, I'm seen, I'm heard. Yeah. I can give, I can receive. It's like addressing those wounds. Yeah. 
um, and no longer being afraid because you do have that sense of security. And then I see it as my students are also building their community where they come to me going, I don't know anybody else that even wants to do this. If I try talking about how I want to learn these skills, they look at me like I've got three heads and yet I would love to be Ma Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie. Like, it's just so cool. I want to, <laughs> I want to do this. And then they end up utilizing the skills and tapping in and it's their excitement is palpable. And then, then the next person comes on board in their community and the next person, and they start to form this network that then they're like, man, so much has changed in three months, in six months. And I'm so excited for what the next six months are. Like I've had students get out in less than a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like income too. Yeah. Income too, like leaving their jobs going, no, I'm back in the home or I've got my own um, thing going on now too, where I'm bringing in income outside of the system, which is so incredibly empowering for women because you do still feel the need to provide. And it is like this weird juxtaposition. We were having this conversation yesterday, one of our basics calls of like feminism. Yeah, It almost feels like anti-feminist to want to be in the home, but you also realize how pro-feminism it is to be in the home. Yeah, There's such power there where you are literally raising the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. yeah. Massive. And then you're building your community and like it's the ripple effect of just learning these skills is huge. Mm-hmm. And the basics is so much more. Yeah. The, the skills are the how to is there. The simplification is there. It's the strategies and the mindset shifts that the healing happens not only with yourself and your family, but in your community as well. And then the world at large. Yeah. And I love how that, that just like how it spreads so much. And it's, it's the same as if you're around a person who is really like operating from their heart and is excited about what they're doing and excited about life. It just spreads. Like you can't avoid that. We radiate those things. And it's the same thing, right? We radiate that self-sufficiency. We radiate that confidence in ourselves. So then it attracts people who are now ready to be learning and doing the same thing because they want a piece of that. And it's it's contagious, right? It's a stronger contagion than anything else. We just have to allow it to shine and actually to be there and and people like you to provide that as well because yeah, our grand, like my grandparents did it, but it was never taught. It was never passed down because really they probably were the generation where it was started as necessity for them, but that necessity started to wane. So they never believed it was important to pass down to the grandchildren. Um, and of no fault of theirs, like that's just the way our world shifted. And I mean, modernization has also been advantageous in some regards too, but um, if there's something about being able to pull that product that you made yourself and that it was sitting there on the counter for, you know, or on the shelf for <clears throat> six months, whatever, and you get to eat it, right? And you get to share it with people. It's like I was I made butter for the first time. There was a point where our butter, like a one pound block of butter was like nine dollars. And the right a one liter jug of cream was like six. So I was like, 
screw it. I'm making butter. And if it's easy, then I'll just make butter until the prices change again. And so I'm making this butter and I'm like literally crying and laughing and stupidly excited because it's so freaking easy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, it's so fun. I challenge everybody, try and make butter. And you're going to have the same childlike joy of like, oh my God, I'm fucking making butter. <laughs> it's like, it's mind boggling. It's the stupidest reaction. And you're laughing at yourself because it feels so stupid. But that's where we're at too, is like that simple element. Cause we get to use the easier devices, right? We get to use the mix master or the blender to make this happen versus the the butter churn. However, I actually have a classic butter churn here too, but it's holding blankets. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's, it's so cool. Or even had a girlfriend teach me how to make uh, sauerkraut. Oh yeah. And it was like, why was this never taught right? to me? Cause it's so. And then you think of the beneficial bacteria that then helps your immune system and like the natural remedies, the learning the plants outside your door that aren't going to kill you, the, the, you know, repairing a hole in a shirt or a blanket or like, oh. there's just so much stuff. Yeah. You're like repairing a leaky faucet. Just there's so many basic skills yeah. that are so simple and so empowering that then you're able to reduce that control. And some of that control is just the fear. Yep. hundred percent. And if we look at the last few years, that fear keeps you in inaction. Yep. So how do you take the, where to get started and what to do and what to do first versus next to stop, you know, bleeding money and bleeding time, consuming information. What do you have to do? Like, it's so incredibly empowering to having learned it myself spending 10 plus years screwing it up in order to figure it out killing every plant (laughs) killing every plant and then being able to bring it to people that have spent the last three years or the last year like depending on when they sort of click to it trying to figure it out and then they're able to start executing it within like mere moments and then three months later they look back going holy freaking crap yeah i'm so far ahead and you're literally helping them condense time right there. Yes. And that's yes. that's amazing because really we're still very time starved. And so if you're the person who's listening to this and you're like, I don't have time for that. Well, it's half of it is the learning and the experimenting that takes up all the time. So through your program, you're condensing that time for them because you're now taking known experiential knowledge as our grandparents had. And you're passing it on to these people and like, what a gift. And and thank you for that, for having that. Like, I've, I know what to do now, so I'm going to spread it and give it to everybody else rather than holding it to yourself. Like, ugh, yeah, it's, it, it's so great to be able to have those people to receive that information from, um, my grandparents are all dead, so I can't go and ask them either. Right. So, and, and they all like, it was just the way it is. And my age now, and now I want to learn, but they're not present. If I wanted to learn when I was 18, fine. But what 18 year olds thinking about these things? Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly it. I didn't have my grandparents to learn around to learn these things. My mom, you know, was raised in it, but 
didn't do it when I was growing up. And so for her, relearning it through me, trying to learn it myself. And I am super grateful that I do get to share this information, especially in a really unique, different way that nobody else is sharing, which also makes me really, really mad. Cause like the skills are out there, but often you're learning from people that like live in California or whatever, and they're, they're not actually out of the system or like you go into Facebook groups and it's about homesteading. And there's always the post of, you know, what do people do for income in order to be able to like, has anybody actually left their job? And everyone's like, no, I've got two to four jobs or, you know, like we're just cool. scrimping by. And I go, I was able to do it. I never had to go back. And it's because of how the strategies work, yeah. that it doesn't matter if you have land or not. It doesn't matter if you have a thousand dollars extra to spend on stuff or 10,000 or five, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's the way you start shifting how you're thinking and then how you execute stuff. And I knew that when I figured it out, out of necessity for myself, I, I had to share it with other people. Like there was just no ifs, ands, or buts. It's I see my community in desperate need of this. How many of us were absolutely terrified in 2021 when jobs started to be on the line? And it's like, no, we don't need to be in that place. We need to be in a place of joy and love and present with our families. And if the world is going to flip itself upside down, guess what? I'm going to shake it up too. And we are changing. We are changing this world by going back to actually having choice, freedom of choice in all areas of our life that we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. That's yeah. And that's such a perfect segue. You have something that you are going to be releasing in 2024, correct? Yes. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> okay, sure. Ask me questions. <laughs> well, give me give us a sense of like what what's the foundation? I know it's not totally built yet, but you have an idea in your head. And you're bringing in some other key key players in this world of like self-sufficiency, um, homesteading, all those other factors. So just kind of give a little rundown about it. What's it, what does it look like right now for you? So for me, I, I've had this idea that I want to be able to give back to this community, give back to the people who were ostracized over the last few years, the people that, um, you know, we felt so alone and then we found each other and by finding each other, it saved us. And I want to give back to that community as a way of saying, thank you for saving me and teach them these skills, teach them these skills, give them, you know, the ability to bake bread, the ability to um, know how to do certain things, whether that's recognize a plant that they can, they go on a walk with and like what to do with it. So I'm pulling together um, a bunch of people across Canada to be able to come together and host an event that gives back to this community. Um, And I'm really, really, really stinking excited for it because I know how it's going to feel to just have that confidence, that little bit of confidence that like, oh, hey, I can do this. You know, like, oh, I can make butter. (laughs) Just being able to take that step that calms things down a little bit. So there's a lot of moving parts right now, 
but I'm really, really stinking excited. And it's going to happen mid-January. So stay tuned. That's awesome. Well, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that for sure. Cause I, I love seeing how now, um, with all of these people who are really, they're, they're change makers and they are solution finders. And we're all now at the point where we kind of been doing our own thing, establishing ourselves and figuring out where we best give to the world around us. But now we're also coming together and finding ways to work in partnership and walk alongside each other and support each other. And, and I love watching how it's now like the more the merrier, right? Like we're just going to bring them all and, and we're going to give everybody a platform or a place to be or a stage to speak on some molehill to stand on if it's, if need be. Right. And uh, it's really cool watching because that resonance or that frequency just seems to get stronger and stronger and build more and more like case in point, I think like the community. So Sarah Swain's um, monetize your mind community that I'm in, I think I joined it because I just needed a cheerleading section at some point, or I needed people to talk to. And I thought I had an offering. And then I was like, Oh fuck, I have no offering. (laughs) And it wasn't until recently where I realized like I've actually had something all along. I just didn't know how to articulate it. And, uh, but it was through that where I was given permission to actually determine my worth and not be afraid to actually ask for what my worth is. And uh, through that community, I've been able, I've I've been given confidence to identify my values and, and speak clearly to them. And I have never, like, I've been in many different things and that's never been experienced before. And I watch recently now the number of other people who've either been watching on the outside or like, I have friends where they knew I was doing something because they've watched changes happen. And now they're like, okay, what, what are you doing? Like, what program are you a part of? What's going on? And now they're eager to join and jump in. And there's been this huge shift of people, I think, now realizing that status quo wasn't working for them. And so they have solutions and they're now ready to try and provide those solutions as well. And it's just, it's such a great Base and some of these, like the people you're bringing on, you've mentioned it kind of in the background, some of them, and they're totally not related to this community, but they all watch and we all watch each other and we all identify with those change makers and those solution seekers. And in the end, that's all we are. Like we're not, we're not anti anything. We're pro progress more than anything when yeah. you start really looking at it. And I love that because that's how we should be. We should be forward thinking and thinking about progress and how are we going to improve the current status quo? Cause it's not working anymore. And that could be in every single facet of your life. The status quo is not working anymore. And so here we are changing it. And some of it is definitely going back to where we started. Yeah. Going back to the basics and yeah. keeping it basic without overwhelming information. So you actually, we think we need too much. We think we need too much information. We think we need more. We think we need more stuff, all of that. It's no, keep it simple, keeps life simple and allows you to grow in your connection with people. Mm 
yes. the stuff and the consuming of information actually keeps you disconnected mm-hmm. from people. And that then makes you more depressed and yeah. all of that. So the solution is connection and building other people. And when you are, like we touched on this earlier, in terms of building your community and being able to go to somebody if your crop doesn't work out or whatever, you're also giving. And we get most from when we give. We feel the best when we are in service to others. So allowing people a platform to speak or um, whatever it might be is one of the greatest ways to build that connection and expand that and really shake things up and, and change because we want to see the world change. Absolutely. That's what progress is all about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of us realize that the system is broken, but the system is also working. So let's change the system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's tweaks here and there. And it's, it's not, it's not, yeah. it's not break it down. It's just improve upon it. Right. And, and yeah. yeah, it's, it's, I love it. I think it's exciting to watch everybody and, and learning about what everybody has to offer too. Cause I love the stories behind everything that's being built and created because we're all such storytellers and we all have a place of where we started and watching that evolution or being able to tell our evolutionary story as well is really impactful because guaranteed there's somebody out there that, that can resonate with that story as well. So it's uh it's so cool and i'm so excited for what you're building and what you have built as well um i think i might have to sign up for this one so i can get just that pressure canner fear gone <laughs> well a side note if anybody if you if anybody wants to actually sign up i I keep it basic. I keep it simple. I don't have a page you can go to to find out more information. You actually have to hop on a call with me so we can connect. I want that connection. And I know that you deserve that connection to really feel seen and heard and understood. And we can make sure it's a great fit. So reach out to me on my Instagram and just say, hey, I want to learn more and we can connect. Yeah. And I can put your, in, I'll put your Calendly information into the show notes if you're okay with that too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And then people can connect through the show notes as well. So um, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add or? Um, I think the biggest thing is reach out, talk to me. I'm fairly friendly. <laughs> I'm friendly. Hanging. Um, and then stay tuned for January because it is going to be something free to be able to give back and to connect with people in the community. So get excited for that. It's going to completely change things uh, for 2024 and beyond. So really pumped. Amazing. I am so excited. I can't wait to see you just evolve and grow even more with all of this. And I'm super thankful and grateful for your time because this has been Uh, it's been a lovely, wonderful chat and I've learned so much already too. So thank you very much, Steph. Thank you. This has been so fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed it very much. So, uh, yeah, if you guys, Instagram is spruce.acres.homestead and then we'll put everything else in the show notes.